Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Jill Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello there, everyone, and happy Halloween. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 108 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, and I'm pleased to be joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today, and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you, and I uh, <laughs> hope you're having a, a good Halloween. Um, you know, last week, you, you let it slip. You, you were yeah. the one that said it, that we I would did. be wearing costumes this <laughs> week. Um, I'm, I'm not. Um, yeah. I've got a, I've got a, uh, I haven't had a haircut since February. So I got an Eric, yeah. Eric Carlson thing going here. And that's, I, I see that. That's, I like that. <laughs> that's yeah. scary enough as it is. <laughs> but um, no, you, you mentioned, you mentioned costumes last week and, and, yeah. um, and our, our listeners noticed. They did. They did. You told me that they noticed. And I, I quickly had to, because I'm, I, I'm always, I'm of the proponent. You don't make promises that you can't keep. Sure. And last week, I made, I, I said that we might be in costume, and then I forgot about it. And I also don't have any Halloween costumes. All right. So I, I very quickly before the show uh, put on a Marcus Gasol jersey, the center of the Toronto Raptors, because I have a passing resemblance. A passing resemblance to Marcus Gasol. <laughs> this is a this is an insult to Marcus Gasol, by the way. The only the, it starts and ends with brown hair and a beard. That is it. That is the resemblance you, you that got, I'm referring to. You got to. that part. Yeah, I got works. that part. Yeah. So I, I hold on my Marcus Gasol jersey, and here we are. I am sort of in costume, but nice. not really. But we are here on Halloween. Um, and Rick, by the way, before we get into any of this, because we do have a jam-packed show, we have a lot to get to, and we want to make sure that we don't miss anything uh, this week. But before we get into it, what is your favorite Halloween candy, favorite Halloween treat? You know, that's a good question. Um, yeah. I used to always like getting the uh, either the, the, the bags of chips, yeah. uh, old Dutch, got to be old Dutch chips, mm-hmm. or or the full, full chocolate bars. Um, yes. Those are always... Yeah, not the little mini ones, the the little one yeah. bite ones, but the you know you'd get the I don't know, what are they called the fun size ones or something. Yeah, 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 the little mini mini bags. Yeah, and you'd always you'd hit the jackpot if you ever got to a house that was giving out the the cans of pop. Oh the yeah, Pepsi. Yeah, you'd hit the jackpot if you ever got that. <laughs> but the full bag full bags of chips, the the full candy bars. Yeah, that's those are those are always key on Halloween. 
the one thing that I will say, and this is in response to a press zone episode from either two or three years ago. And forgive me, I can't remember when exactly it was. But you and Amy Johnson were ranking Halloween candy. Oh, yeah. And that's right. the disrespect that was put on the Rockets candy in the states known as Smarties. Of course, in Canada, Smarties, Smarties are, are different. Yeah. Are different. They're chocolate. Thing. They're M&Ms. Exactly. But the, the little tart little circles in the in the in the paper bag thing that you pull apart the roll up those bag. are amazing i love those <laughs> but i only eat them at halloween i don't eat them any other time of year i don't think you can can you get them any other time of I'm, year or is it just halloween I'm, i haven't I've, seen I've, them any other time i've no. only seen them at halloween yeah. they're amazing and amy johnson uh went on an impassioned rant a few years ago denouncing uh, that, the, the just, rockets i think she also had nasty things to say about candy corn but <laughs> Uh, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. So, but our, nevertheless, <laughs> our our, um, our listeners, here's here's a couple of messages. I'll just read. Um, I mentioned costumes last week. Here's yes. here's Batman and Robin. You guys should be Batman. Wow. And Ro- now I don't know who's who, but um, I don't know either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second suggestion was pirates. Pirates. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was if- a pirate one year. You were? <laughs> yes, years ago, but I was a pirate one year. Well, there's got to be some sort of Newf- Newfoundland folklore about yeah, pirate stories there's in there. There's Newfoundland folklore about everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> And the third one, and I like this one, um, you could dress up as Canadians, uh, former Canadians coach Scotty Bowman and GM Sam Pollock. Okay. Now I think I, we're, yeah. Yeah. Sam so you, Pollock. Like you said, yeah, we said last week you like to be armchair GM, so right. I guess and you, you're you like, Scotty Bowman. Yeah, Scotty Bowman, yeah. 14 cups, that's not bad. Hey, listen, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Sam Pollock, 14 years, 9 cups, that's that's a pretty good uh, bar right there. Yeah, it's not a bad resume. Bit of a dynasty, So Yeah, yeah. so I mean, listen, maybe this is something that we'll have to revisit next year with a little bit more planning for <laughs> Halloween We'll put together a group costume, a tandem costume uh, for this podcast. But, Rick, I also should mention, though, it's not only Halloween. It's also Thomas Placanich's birthday today. He's 38 years old today. Wow. Born on Halloween. Isn't that that amazing? Yeah. Happy birthday to Thomas Placanich. Do you have any Um, turtlenecks in your... I don't. I hope that I hope that he's wearing his favorite turtleneck in celebration of his birthday today. But I do not, unfortunately, own any turtlenecks. I should probably get some turtlenecks. I think those are a good look. Um, so Rick, speaking of, okay, I guess we should tee up the, the entire <laughs> show before we get into the specifics of segment one, but segment two, we will have the, uh, pleasure of being joined by our friend and colleague, uh, Chris G. Um, and he will be joining us. He wrote an article earlier this week, uh, detailing what the Canadians protection list for the expansion expansion draft might look like. And remember, there is an expansion draft coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. You might forget, given that 2020 has been a absolute whirlwind and things happen uh, every day, and you might be you, you'd be forgiven to forget something. But yes, the NHL does have another franchise entering the fold in Seattle, and uh, we'll be discussing who we think might be a part of the Canadians' protection list and who might be left unprotected uh, for the Seattle Kraken to choose from. So that is coming up in segment two. But Rick, before we get there, we do have a lot to get to uh, from this week. Uh, And we'll start off with some fantastic news because it's always great. As I said, 2020 has been a whirlwind um, and oftentimes has uh, 
let us down a little bit, it's good to be reminded of some good news, some great news, and that is that Carey Price and his wife Angela uh, welcomed their third child to the world, uh, their first son, uh, who they've named Lincoln, which is a, a very nice name, and great it's name. Uh, it's yeah, fantastic, and uh, yeah, just so congratulations uh, to the Price family. Uh, Lincoln will have uh, two, uh, and Angela Price has already posted. Uh, Liv uh, being the uh, older protective sister, the older and protecting sister, which is great. Uh, so it's just, it's fantastic news. Liv's four years old. Four uh, years Millie old. is yeah. going to be two uh, next month, I think. And, yeah. But the posting with a little sticker on saying, hello, my name is Lincoln. I, I thought yeah. it was on Instagram was a great way for Angela and Carrie to introduce uh, their, their son. So congratulations. Great news, as you say. Um, and um, I wonder how soon it will be before he's uh, putting on a pair of skates. Oh, you have to imagine that'll be uh, sometime very soon uh, for Lincoln. But uh, yeah, as you said, fantastic news and absolutely congratulations uh, to the Price family. Um, so, Rick, moving to some news regarding the Canadians 2020 first round pick, Caden Gooley. Uh, he was named to Canada's World Junior Championship Selection Camp roster. Um, and of course, every year this is put out, the Selection Camp roster, and everyone immediately puts on their uh, their their GM hat kind of thing. It's not really a GM for a, for a tournament like this, but everyone picks out who they think should be on the roster. So Canadians fans might have that to look forward to, but it is a very deep field mm. of Canadian talent for this year's World Junior Hockey Championships. Indeed it is. Um, 46 players uh, invited to this camp um, in Red Deer, uh, and it runs between the 16th of November and the 13th of December. Um, and, uh, you know, Gooley's in pretty good company there. Jamie Drysdale, yeah. Thomas Harley, Bowen Byram, um, uh, uh, Braden Schneider, there's, there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of talent there. So, um, uh, you know, it's a feather in his cap for, for getting named to the, uh, selection camp, but, uh, he'll, he'll be in, uh, he'll be in tough trying to make the team. And yeah, you forget that there's so many, I mean, Bowen Byram was a part of last year's team and I mean, he, uh, he really didn't factor into the the overall success of obviously he was a part of that team that won gold, but I mean he will likely be taking on a much bigger role than you saw him take on last year, and that's something that I'm very excited about. Uh, but now, if, yeah, it's, if, yeah, if um, if it if it so happens that uh, that Gooley does not make the team, the the Canadians should still be represented at the World Junior Championships. Yes. Uh, at the U.S. camp, uh, there was Caulfield, there was Cole Caulfield, Jaden Struble, uh, Luke Tuck, Sean Farrell, uh, Jan Mishak uh, should be on the Czech squad. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the Canadians will be will be represented, uh, no doubt, at the World Junior Championships. It's going to be uh, in Edmonton. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, you're going to have something to look forward to if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. There's no question there, but... Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tougher challenge for Caden Gooley to make Team Canada, uh, given who is there and who uh, is returning in some cases uh, for this year's World Junior Hockey Championship. So that'll be something to look out for uh, as their camp gets underway and see how Caden Gooley performs. Uh, but Rick, moving on, speaking of young players uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, Rob Ramage had an availability this week, and that's why this segment of They Said What is devoted 
to Rob Ramage, uh, the director of player development for the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, he spoke um, this week at a rather lengthy availability at that. Uh, and it was mm. great to hear from Rob Ramage. And, and, and he sort of detailed, uh, he got into detail about the younger players uh, and we'll be getting to quotes about that. But the first thing that's been on the mind of everybody, and this has been a question that's been asked of people in whatever pr- profession that they're doing, is the challenges that are related to doing your job in the midst of a pandemic. And Rob Ramage was asked about the challenge to do the job during a pandemic. And and for all of the the uh, staff of, of the Canadians, it's been a challenge, but particularly yeah. for... Uh, the development staff. Rob Ramage is the director of player development. He works closely with Frankie Bouillon. We remember former Canadians uh, defenseman, who's also a, a, a player development um, uh, person. Rob, uh, we we see him often in the press box because his job is to travel around uh, and keep up with the prospects and and help help them. Um, uh, become a pro is is essentially yeah. his role. And Rob, um, you know, former former NHL defenseman, when you talk to him and sitting in the press box, he's he's always got a smile. He's he's very friendly. He's upbeat. He's positive. Um, he's a no nonsense, very plain spoken guy. And I th- I think you'll get uh, the sense of it as <laughs> you listen to these clips. And and we should say it's kind of unusual for. Uh, yeah. for this uh, type of person to be interviewed, but a, a, a nice insight into what they do. And their job is is tough as it as it is, but as you said, made even more difficult during the pandemic. Yeah, it is a big challenge, obviously, uh, unprecedented. So, um, you know, Frank Bouillon and I, have, uh, we, we try and stay in, in touch with all of our prospects, draft choices on a fairly regular basis. Every few weeks, we give them a call, see how they're doing, how their training is going. Um, we speak with their coaches, see how they're doing. Um, and then, you know, they have the resources of uh, Pierre Lard, Sports Science, and Patrick Delisle Hood with, uh, as far as the strength training is concerning, he's, he's uh, in touch with, with their trainers, um, off-ice trainers. So it's, you know, it's kind of a cornucopia of, of, of things that we're doing. Dr. Scott is available from the you know, psych- psychological sports science uh, end of things. Um, our medical staff is, is, is involved if there's an injury. So, you know, we're doing it from afar. Uh, that's all we can do right now just because of the COVID and the conditions that we're presented with. It's tough um, yeah. because usually they're there uh, meeting, um, but, but with uh, – uh, with uh, the, the coronavirus, it's it's made things tough. Um, Rob Ramage is located in the Midwest, uh, St. Louis, and so he usually drives out to these arenas. He talks about um, uh, trying to get to games, trying to be organized enough to get to games where there might be two Canadians prospects going head-to-head. Um, and um, uh, it's, it's a little bit tough now. Now, Having said that, there's some of these leagues, as we said last week, the USHL are in preseason. Um, there's the the prospects in Europe um, yeah. that uh, uh, that are in action. In fact, there's there's games on right now um, with Jesperi uh, Kakinami's playing right now. Uh, yes, Yelonen and Otto Leskinen, and and a couple days ago it was um, Yelonen against uh, Kotkaniemi's yeah. team, and and uh, Yelonen picked up uh, uh, a goal in in that game. 
Um, but it it's yeah, it's made this whole um, association and and making sure that these prospects feel part of the organization. It's made that it's made that tougher. Yeah, and as you said, I mean, it's not a it's not an easy job to begin with. So you add the the uh, pandemic to that. And yeah, it's it's certainly made it a lot more difficult uh, to do an effective job of that. And so Rob Ramage was talking about his role um, to help prospects become a pro. That's part of Frankie's and my role is to just sort out the information they're getting, reinforce the good information, and then try and just help them guide them uh, in in their development process to becoming a pro. We try and help them get those pro habits while they're still playing junior or college. And so I I find it's almost more of a lifestyle coach than a a hockey coach. They've got a ton of hockey uh, information coming at them. And we'll certainly support that and have our opinion on that. But we have to work with their coaches, and specifically the guy that's behind the bench that's coaching them. We want to make sure that uh, we're reinforcing his message, and so there's no confusion there. It's just a process. You know, you get to know the kid to begin with, the young player to begin with. Uh, there's got to be trust on both sides. Uh, they're never going to listen to you or take anything that you give them if, if they don't trust you. So you're, you're, for, you're forging a relationship, and you're just trying to impart, you know, some of the lessons that we learned becoming pros and when we were pros. Just, just help them along in that process. Being a lifestyle coach, because uh, there's a lots lots of uh, opportunities uh, for information, and uh, the the job of the player development coach is to kind of synthesize all of that and make sure that the the prospects know that all these resources are available, either through through the Canadians or through uh, the team that they're playing for. And I thought it was really interesting uh, that um, the. Rob Ramage said that the Canadians want to be on the same page as the head coach. Yeah. The head coach, whether they're in junior or NCAA hockey or, or in Europe, they want to be on the same page so there there isn't confusing, conflicting messages coming at these prospects. Yeah, that's got to be a tough balancing act there to try not to. And I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if there's a head coach that are that are telling them to do things a certain way, I mean, and you're guy that's watching this prospect for an organization i mean that's got to be a tough thing to sort of to stand back and, and also align yourself with with whatever that coach is is preaching so i uh, can't imagine yeah as you said this is not an easy job that rob ramage and his uh, frankie bouillon and all these guys have to do uh but rick of course we talked about Caden gooley being invited uh, to the Team Canada selection camp and the various other players who you would assume are going to be a part of the World Junior Hockey Championships. And uh, Rob Ramage uh, talked about uh, the Canadians that would be participating in those uh, camps. The World Juniors, you know, we have uh, Caden uh, Gooley, as, as you saw today, was um, was named to the Canadian World Junior you know, development or tryout camp, I guess, is going to take place in November down in Red Deer. We've got four Americans that uh, participate in their camp. And then Jan Misik, of course, uh, with the Czech. So, I mean, anytime you can play in a tournament like that as a young player, it just, uh, you know, helps your, your development so much. Just the, the co- level of competition, you know, the pressure and, and all those things is just fantastic for, for these young guys. It's um, getting involved in competitions, seeing what others are doing, um, you know, and and playing at a at a, a very high level and playing under pressure is yeah. is important for these prospects. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the first chance. I mean, and this is why, I mean, obviously, at some point, sometimes there's too much that's put into this tournament, and there's guys that have had tough tournaments that bounce back and had successful NHL careers. It happens, but there's a lot of pressure that are put on these and placed on these prospects if they don't live up to that, especially, I mean, in Canada, it's 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 a difficult thing, right, yeah. to have... To, uh, to not live up to those expectations that, that exist here. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the first chance to see them play against the best of their age group and, uh, yeah, play under some, uh, yeah, a lot of pressure, intense pressure, in fact. Uh, and so you, you heard him talk about Jan Mishak there. Uh, so he provided an update on the 2022nd round pick. Yeah, it looks like Jan Misik, our, you know, our second round pick, Czech player, his team's going. I just saw that today to the Kerala Cup. So that's important for him. I mean, that's great. Uh, you know, great competition. He's, he's going to be playing with some older players. So just excellent uh, opportunity for him. And just a sidebar on him, uh, I to- talked to him the other day. He's going to sit down here in the next few days with Thomas Placanics and pick his brain. So what a great, great opportunity for, for a young player, a player of uh, Thomas's stature, uh, to speak with one of his you know, up-and-coming fellow countrymen. We remember when we talked about uh, Jan Mishak and the, the uh, selection, uh, he was asked whether he had ever uh, run into Thomas Pukanich, and, and he said that he, um, he remarked how good uh, Pukanich was in, in the face-off circle. He, he had a tough time uh, in the game that he faced him. But now yeah. he's going to get to uh, sit down with the birthday boy, as, as you yep. spoke about earlier, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, and f- and and just get some advice from um, not only about how to be a, a pro, how to be an NHLer, but what it's like in Montreal. Yes, yeah, and I mean, you talk about a guy that has had a profound impact on a lot of the guys that are currently on the Canadians roster. You think of Arturi Lekkinen and their mm-hmm. relationship, Brendan Gallagher as well. I mean, the, yeah, the, there's an impact that that Thomas Plakanich made on the current locker room in Montreal that still exists. So. Uh, great that he will be talking uh, with uh, young second-round pick Jan Mishak. Um, so, Rick, obviously these are more of the the guys that were just select. Talked about Caden Gooley and Jan Mishak and, and some of the other guys. But there's still young players in Montreal that are – there needs to be a plan for them in place for their development and how they are uh, improving. And so Rob Ramage uh, spoke specifically about the plan for Yasperi Kotkaniemi going forward. Just keep the momentum going that he uh, he had this summer, which was wonderful to watch. Yeah, he's fortunate. I mean, our, our European guys that are over there that are playing on their old teams for the most part, um, they're very fortunate. They're really fortunate because they're good programs. It's good hockey, and they're doing what they love. It sure beats hitting the gym and, and practicing every day. Yeah, so Henu, Henu Lane is our uh, Finnish scout. So he keeps tabs on them. Uh, he'll be at games on occasion also. So he keeps us informed on, on what's going on uh, with KK and our, our other Finnish players in Finland. And it's the same for our Swedish players. We have uh, you know two scouts in, in Sweden that are seeing uh, our guys there play, and they keep us informed. And this is a real team effort, and there's kind of a handoff. Uh, he, he's kind of explaining. I mean, Rob Ramage is not an amateur scout. Uh, he doesn't follow the amateur players. Um, and so some of these, uh, particularly the draft choices, he hasn't seen in person. He's only yeah. seen on video. Um, and so he's going to be, um, for, for some of them, um, um, hopefully he'll get to see them um, 
in in the in the states when they play. Uh, but for others, he has to rely on um, you know the 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 scouts in in Finland in Sweden. Um, he talked about um, having to rely on um, uh, Vinny Riondo as far as the goaltending uh, yeah. progression. Um, they they work they don't work in silos. They they work with <laughs> other um, members of the organization. And uh, of course, uh, Kotkaniemi is much more well known, and and uh, but but the the organization is is really pleased with Jesperi's uh, progress and how he's playing. Uh, we saw in the in the media um, that the uh, his coach, uh, his current coach, um, said. I mean, this Pori, this is his team that he's played with before, and the coach said it's night and day, the yeah. Esperi Kakinami that left and the one that's playing now in terms of his mature play, in terms of his physicality, uh, in terms of his leadership. Um, and uh, so it's, it's as Rob Ramage said, you just want to keep that momentum going uh, so that it transitions into the NHL when... Uh, when uh, uh, the Canadian the Canadians are allowed to return to play. That was the really encouraging thing about his play over the summer that Rob Ramage uh, touched on. There was that it just felt like it was him realizing that that sort of flipping the switch and be like, okay, okay, I'm starting to figure this out now. And I mean, obviously, you want to keep those expectations realistic, but man, it, it seems like there's a, a quite a, a bit more growth that there could be there. Obviously, Esperi Kutkaniemi is is not <laughs> is not an old guy. He's still got plenty of time to grow. But that that mold that he looked like he was going to fill in the playoffs and did such a great job of filling in the playoffs. If he can expand on that, I think yeah. the Canadians have gotten themselves uh, one heck of a player. But yeah, it's uh, certainly going to be fun to watch for that and. Uh, Ramage also touched on uh, a few more prospects, a few more young players, um, but this one group together, uh, he talked about the outlook for Jake Evans, for Ryan Paling, and for one Cole Caulfield. Yeah, well, the first two guys, Ryan and, and Jake, obviously Jake played games, played in the bubble. Uh, Ryan was in the bubble, you know, got some time with, with the Canadians last season. They're right there. Uh, you know, Jake... As you know, I watched him a lot uh, as the captain of Notre Dame, and his progression has just been been wonderful. And Jake is he's NHL ready now. You know he's going to be fighting for a position, but his game is at an NHL standard. Uh, Ryan, hey, tough year last year. He'll admit that. A little adversity is not a bad thing. And it's, I spoke to him a couple weeks ago, and he's hungry. I said, like, how was your bubble experience? He said, you know, um, would have been nice to play, but it just made me hungry, made me hungry. Uh, I want to be on the ice with the Canadians next year. And so he's training hard. I, I, I think his attitude's really, really good. Uh, and he looks at last year as, hey, you know what? There's a learning experience. We'll take take that and we'll move on. Was you, the other guy's uh, Cole Caulfield? Yeah. So Cole, um, you know, I spoke to him, I guess, on the weekend, both he and uh, Tony Granato. Tony had nothing but, but great things to say about Cole uh, this season as far as his work ethic, taking more of a little bit of more of a leadership role than he did as a freshman last year. He said uh, just his whole demeanor since he came back from the U.S., uh, World Junior Evaluation Camp, he said, was at another level altogether. So, but it's important. We gotta get him playing. Um, it looks like, it is, as I mentioned, you know, they're gonna get going uh, sometime next month. He's hungry. He's he's hungry. 
you know, there was talk about him coming out after last season. I think he's he's in the right spot. I'm mature, you know, physically, emotionally, and he, and he's he's doing that. He had a good summer. Uh, he worked hard. He he spent some time in uh, in Michigan with his old uh, NTDB uh, buddies, you know, Jack Eichel and the Hughes brothers. So he he trained with a pretty good group of hockey players. So we'll see. You know, we let's just hope he gets a, a good college season under his belt this year, and then we'll see see where he's at. Rob Ramage has his finger on the pulse of everything that's going yeah. on. Uh, and it's not, it's not months ago. You know, oh, oh, Paley. Yeah. I talked to him a couple of days ago. Oh, Cole Caul- Caulfield. Yeah. I spoke with him. Oh, uh, his coach, Tony Grant. Yeah. I spoke with him. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's on top of everything. And, and that's what, that's what his role is. If, if you want to know what he does, that's what he does. He, he keeps on in touch uh, he's the intermediary and uh, keeps the guys connected, keeps the organization informed, and uh, a really good uh, synopsis there of of three uh, players who uh, are hopefully going to have an impact uh, some sooner, some a little later. Yeah, and I mean those are the things that you want to hear about Cole Caulfield a bit more. Uh, mature and perhaps rounding out his game a little bit more not being you know obviously the goal scoring ability is fantastic and that's what you draft him for but gonna need to round out the game and it sounds like he's on the path to doing that a little bit so uh, great to hear about those three guys in particular Uh, and of course I think the guy that most Habs fans are going to be paying attention to because you know he's the he's the shiny new object. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, Alexander Romanov and uh, Rob Ramage spoke about Alexander Romanov's path to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, so it was a kind of tough situation. You know, he played very well, but limited minutes because once he said he's not going to sign another contract, you know, they kind of put the screws to him and they limited his ice time. So, which was very frustrating for him. And then uh, prior to the World Junior Championships, they upped his ice time, let him get his legs underneath him again so that he could perform well you know, at, at the, at the championships. So he was a little bit frustrated, but I, I talked to him, um, I think it was two days ago. And it, <laughs> there's another guy that's just a delight to, to speak to. I mean, his energy and enthusiasm just comes right out of the phone at you. And, uh, so, you know, he said he had a great bubble experience. He loved it. Uh, he's anxious to get back over here ASAP. And once again, you know, just his, this this just this whole demeanor. I mean, he's going to compete. So you know where his game is at is once again, I guess, to be determined. It's sure not going to be for lack of effort. I mean, this guy brings a lot of energy, a lot of spunk every time he steps on the ice. A lot of energy, a lot of spunk, and he can't wait to get going. And and uh, uh, that's really good news and and for the the Montreal Canadiens. And and obviously, it was the right move. Uh, bringing him into the bubble, even though he was not eligible to play, the Canadians gave up a spot uh, to bring him to expose him to um, the whole experience uh, and uh, allow him to practice. And uh, obviously, it was um, it was the right move because it sounds like it energized Romanov. And I mean, we might see the benefit in that this year uh, with maybe he's going to maybe that experience having practiced with the guys is going to ease him in when it comes to game action. And he'll already have established chemistry with some of his teammates, which is a which is a great thing. So that that might have that might pay off uh, in, in his rookie year for sure. So 
Uh, Rick, we'll uh, move to some news items, some quick news items that we'll get to here uh, with a, a bit of a Canadian's connection. And uh, we'll start with Alex Galchenyuk, uh, who was an unrestricted free agent after uh, Minnesota. They said that they were not going to re-sign Galchenyuk, so he headed to market. And the Ottawa Senators signed him to a one-year $1.05 million deal. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that this is um, obviously it's going to be his fifth team now. Uh, he's 26 years old um, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be hopefully a, a spot where he lands and he finds some success because it hasn't been an easy go for Alex Galchenyuk. And if you go back to his time in Pittsburgh and we talked about this when he was traded from Pittsburgh to Minnesota earlier this year. Uh, that feels like a long time ago now, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we talked about this back then that Mike Sullivan talked about this guy as having a tremendous work ethic. And I understand that there are those who still have an axe to grind with Alex Kalchenyuk. But I, I want to believe that good things happen for people that put in the work. And it sounds like Alex Kalchenyuk is putting in the work. He's just not been able to find a uh, some solid ground underneath him. Uh, let's hope that this is the right situation for him, uh, the right chemistry, uh, and uh, and I mean Pierre Dorian seems to to be very positive uh, about him, and this is the kind of of player that they're going to need to make that transition uh, for their their prospects, their 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 overflowing prospect pool to uh, give them some time to develop and and make the jump. So. Uh, I think it's good for the team, uh, good for Alex, and hopefully it works out for both parties. Absolutely, you, uh, yeah. And uh, we were talking about this before the show. I mean, perhaps hoping at a at a lesser value than the that might have gotten Anthony Duclair for. Perhaps he fills in that role. And remember, before Anthony Duclair was the twenty four goal scorer, he bounced around a little bit. So maybe this is going to be the uh, the spot for Alex Galchenyuk, a team on the up and up. Uh, that might be able to uh, to give him uh, the stability that he needs. Uh, moving on to another uh, unrestricted free agent, it's Ilya Kovalchuk, who remains unsigned. And, of course, we remember his time in Montreal and the the door being open for a return, potentially, uh, in the offseason. That did not come to fruition. And uh, Francois Gagnon wrote an article for RDS, and he talked about, and he detailed why the Montreal Canadiens did not need to bring back Ilya Kovalchuk. And, uh, of course, it was in French, so I'm going to translate a little bit. Uh, And he said that if the Canadiens are anticipating for the worst in this season again, perhaps Ilya Kovalchuk could be the Pepto-Bismol to make it a little bit smoother. But they don't need him. He talked about Lekanen, Armia, Byron being better options than Ilya Kovalchuk at this point in time anyways. And yeah, I, I really like that analogy, and, and you did as well. <laughs> I, I did. And and listen, he, I've said before, I, I like uh, Francois Gagnon, um, and uh, he he put it out rather plainly here. The Canadians were going through a miserable season, and, and yes. we can't stre- stress that strongly enough. A 24th place finish, uh, on a point of game pace, um, they were going to miss the playoffs. It was a terrible season, and in walks Ilya Kovalchuk yeah. to charm the pants off the Montreal fans, <laughs> uh, and he did. And it was lovely, yep. and the relationship was mutual. And he loved them, and he loved the city, and and you know he hypnotized people. 
Um, and that's that was a wonderful fan kind of moment in an otherwise, at that point, um, bad season. And um, But that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean you bring him back. That doesn't mean, uh, and and we had this question in our question and answer for our subscribers yeah. a, few, a few weeks back. I keep getting it in the, the Rocket Sports text line, 5853 Rocket. When when are the Canadians going to sign Kovalchuk? The Canadians are beyond, you know, those, we talked about placeholders. Um, the Canadians needed placeholders before their own uh, talent, um, you know, could uh, develop and had a chance to make an impact on the lineup. Ilya Kovalchuk was a placeholder. Um, yeah. and, and that's nothing against him. He had, you know, a wonderful career, but he's not that same player anymore. And the Canadians have uh, simply outgrown Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah, and listen, we talked about this back, as you said, with the question and answer. We understand the infatuation with uh, Ilya Kovalchuk and he was brought in to sell tickets to sell some jerseys and he did that effectively and by charming the pants off of the Montreal Canadiens fans as you said so yeah that that relationship has run its course there's no need to return to that there is nothing that Ilya Kovalchuk that that he can provide that another player uh, that another player can't and I mean quite honestly You've already signed Tyler Toffoli. You've brought in Josh Anderson. I mean, you can play him on the left side if you want to, but you're not going to get anything defensively out of Ilya Kovalchuk. So, it, quite frankly, yeah, it just does not make sense from either, uh, from any perspective, to uh, to bring him back into the fold. So, uh, Rick, finally, we'll clue this up with uh, the Montreal Mayor Valerie Plante uh, closing. All sports facilities, including the Bell Sports Complex, uh, where the Canadians, uh, where, where Canadians players train, where they practice. So, uh, some news there regarding the Montreal Canadiens. Coronavirus spiking uh, yeah. in Quebec as well as other places in Canada and North America, and and uh, it's now become a red zone. And uh, the uh, public health department had, uh, you know, uh, as of Thursday closed sports uh, facilities. The Montreal Canadiens made an appeal to the Quebec government for an exemption. They were denied. Um, So Paul Wilson uh, issued a statement saying, we will respect the measures imposed by the government, period. Uh, But that that affects, uh, there there were Canadians players who were using Broussard, uh, the Broussard Sports Complex, to, uh, to train. Uh, and uh, the Canadians are going to have to find other um, uh, situations uh, for them. Um, this uh, this measure, closing sports facilities, uh, started on Thursday, and it ex- is, is it has been extended until November twenty third, as far as uh, the report says. Yeah. So certainly, as you said, they're going to have to. Uh Look at alternatives for the players that were using that facility to train. Um, but yeah, that's that's how it stands currently, and we'll stand until the 23rd, as you said. So, uh, very interesting, uh, Rick. We will take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we we will be joined by special guest Chris G to discuss the upcoming NHL expansion draft. Stick around; you're not going to want to miss that. We'll be back after a quick break. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, 
a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at JoeWhalen19. With me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, so, Rick, as we said, we have the pleasure of being joined uh, by our friend, our colleague, and uh, contributor to this show. Uh, Chris G to discuss the upcoming NHL expansion draft and the Canadians protection list for that draft. Uh, he wrote an article earlier this week detailing all the sorts of qualifications that need to be met for players to be protected or left unprotected. And uh, you would forgive even the most diehard NHL fan for not knowing, even though this happened three years ago, uh, for not knowing all of the rules, because there are a lot of things uh, to consider here. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a lot of moving parts with this. So uh, it'll be great to have this roundtable discussion uh, with our very own Chris G. And if you forget Chris G, he uh, was the um, uh, host of Habs 360 uh, that ran for almost 250 episodes on um uh, Rocket Sports Radio, and and before that, All Habs Hockey Magazine, and and uh, and now he he finds himself covering the Laval Rocket, and uh, um, also writes a weekly Habs Notebook uh, article, um, and uh, so we thought it would be a good idea. His last one, last Monday, you can look it up on AllHabs.net, was about this very topic: the um, upcoming expansion draft with the Seattle Kraken coming in and uh, and who will be on the Montreal Canadiens uh, protection list. So Chris, welcome to uh, the Canadiens Connection. How's your how's your day going on this uh, brisk Montreal day? It's uh, it's going great. Thanks for having me. 
Well, we're always happy to have you, and I know you sit in the uh, in the chair when uh, when I'm not here sometimes, and it's great to have you. Uh, well, Joseph's here, and, and yeah. uh, the three of us can have a bit of a roundtable discussion. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, so, Chris, before we get anywhere, I need to ask you a question, the most pressing issue right now on this day. What is your favorite Halloween treat? Uh, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, the good old-fashioned rockets. Okay, Those were, <laughs> there you we go. Those were always my favorite. Those were always my favorite. Like a little package wow. and little candies. There was um, always, the more candies there is, it's a lot of excitement as you're anticipating every single candy. Now, Chris didn't hear the, the, the <laughs> earlier part of the show, and, so, and that's exactly what uh, Joe was making the, the case for Rockets. Well, you know, what can I say? Joseph is right. <laughs> yeah, listen, we great minds think alike, and that's what we always say here on the Canadians Connection podcast. <laughs> so, so listen, we have obviously got a lot to get to here because as you wrote in the article, uh, this very thorough and informative article, as all of your articles are, there's a lot of balls in the air for this. So for anybody that has forgotten since 2017, because that was the last time we did this with the Vegas Golden Knights, can you briefly sort of run down the rules, at least as as in, as far as you can, uh, in terms? Because as I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff here. But can you sort of briefly explain this process uh, for the fans? Yeah, like for sure, I could definitely do that. So, so every team would need to submit a uh, a protection list. So now with the timing of the dates, like with so all, everything being uh, switched around, like it's it's hard to know exactly what date all of this will happen but the teams will have a choice of two different formats when it comes to protecting players they can either protect seven forwards three defensemen and one goalie which makes a total of i guess 10 players on the roster or they could go with format number two which would be eight skaters uh, so that's the total of forwards and defensemen and one goalie for a total of uh, nine players but then even um, in terms of the players that need protection, not all the players uh, require protection. So all first year and second year pro players and any unsigned draft choice. So we're talking literally about like the prospects. They're, they're exempt from being selected. So the Canadians or any other team, in fact, wouldn't need to use a, um, a slot to protect them. And there's also minimum requirements in terms of players that are exposed. So each team will need to expose at least one defenseman who is under contract for the 21-22 season and has played uh, either 40 games in the prior season or a total of 70 games in the last two seasons. And as well, they have to expose two forwards who are under contract in 21-22 and like the same game requirements like the defensemen, at least 40 games the prior season or 70 total games in uh, the last two seasons. And as well, each team needs to have exposed one goalie who's under contract in uh, 21-22 or that will be at uh, who will be a restricted free agent at the end of uh, that season. 
So for sure the the game requirements that I mentioned for the defensemen and the forwards, those were based on two uh, 82 game seasons. So like the NHL hasn't announced if they'll change those requirements, but I do anticipate that they will once the uh, once the schedule for 21-22 gets uh, decided and the season begins. Now, um, Chris, you and I have a kind of a history of uh, disagreeing or, or giving different perspectives. And I don't want to start this by disagreeing with you right off the hop, but you said the, the 731 formula would uh, uh, be 10 players uh, uh, protected. According to my math, the 731 is actually 11 players. <laughs> well, you're the math guy. <laughs> yeah. But um, are we agreed that, that uh, I think we're agreed that for the Canadians, uh, the 731 format is probably going to be the one that they go with. And, and I should say that that it's the one that most teams go with. Uh, there was only seven out of the 30 teams last time during the uh, the Vegas uh, expansion draft that went with the eight plus one, uh, and uh, and just to remind uh, the uh, our listeners that last time the Canadians were one of those teams that went with the seven three one, and their protection list last time uh, forwards we had uh, Max Pacioretty, Paul Byron, Jonathan Drouin, Philip Deneau, Brendan Gallagher, Alex Galchenyuk, the, who we were just talking about, and Andrew Shaw. On defense, we had Jordy Ben, believe it or not, uh, Jeff Petrie, Shea Weber, and goaltender Carey Price. Uh, but we're, we're, we're probably agreed that the Canadians will use the 731 formula again, I expect. Yeah, because the, the format of eight skaters and one goalie is for teams that want to protect more than three defensemen. And if you look at the Canadians roster and the players, like the forwards, that are required to get protected, it makes it, it wouldn't make any sense for the for Montreal to go f- for that format compared to uh, the 11, 11 player format. Yeah, and I think that that would, as you said, I think that it makes more sense. And looking at the the projections that you have made here, and we're going to be getting to the defense, I think, in a little bit. It makes the most sense, I think, for the Canadians to go with the first route with seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goaltender. But before we go anywhere, I think the best way to go about this is to start with the most certain and then move our way down. Because with respect to the Montreal Canadiens, their hands are tied with goaltending, and understandably so, because they have Carey Price, and they also have him who has a no-movement clause in his contract. Now, there have been a portion of fans, and, and we've talked about this in the past, there's a portion of fans that want to get rid of the contracts associated with Carey Price, and they look at the fact, oh, Seattle, Seattle, Washington, Carey Price, there's a tie in there. <laughs> That is not going to be happening, and we will say that with all certainty right now, that is not going to be happening because, as you point out in the article, he has a no-movement clause, and the Jake Allen contract that was just signed could be an intriguing option for the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, for sure. I think, and that's, I would say, probably like one of the main reasons that uh, Mark Bergevin made the move to extend him another two seasons, and it's at a good, at a good value at uh, 2.8 million cap, if I remember correctly. So when, it, yep. so for, so that's a good. That's a good cap hit to have as a backup goalie. So what Bergevin has done now with that signing is that he'll get Seattle thinking that, hey, like, 
he's uh, he's a good target so he'll take attention away from the other positions from other players they'll be uh, they'll be exposed because of his good contract but it also depends like we're we're having this discussion now without having seen Jake Allen play even one game that's right with a much with the Montreal Canadiens so there's a lot of assumptions in this like we're assuming that he's gonna have a uh, a good season and that a team like Seattle will still be interested in him but at least on paper it should be a, he should have a good season and an attractive option for, for the Kraken yeah, and I think that um, with respect to Jake Allen um, uh, Mark Bergevin has built some, some flexibility into this uh, in that uh, many people thought that the, the Jake Allen uh, extension was only for the um, uh, expansion draft, and and he said no, it's it's to give some extra development time to uh, Primo, and and uh, uh, Rob Ramage also mentioned that in his uh, press availability this week. But you know, you can see that that last time uh, teams offered incentives to steer clear of players, and. You know, maybe there'll be an option for the Canadians to offer an incentive to Seattle to steer clear of Jake Allen. Uh, should uh, you know they should he have a good season and for them wanting extra protection for for Primo, um, and and then we look at the defense and and the the uh, uh, decision point there is going to come between Sherrod, Ben Sherrod and uh, Joel Edmondson and and. Uh, on the one hand, I, I, I can see a case being made on, on both sides. You have yeah. uh, Edmondson, who's younger, has the longer contract. Uh, you have Sherratt. You may want to keep him uh, for the shorter term because you got a whole bunch of left-handed uh, defense prospects coming in. Um, how did you sort that all out in your article, Chris? Uh, I ended up, like, like you said, like there is a good argument for... Uh, for, for both, and I think like the final decision uh, will all be based on how both of those players uh, play this uh, this upcoming season. But but right now, I would think uh, I wrote that I'd be uh, I'd be protecting Edmondson for the the reasons you mentioned earlier. He's he's younger, and the team has him locked up for for longer. Which, at the same time, if he doesn't have a good season, it's also a good reason to, to expose him to uh, to Seattle if they're interested in, in picking him up. But I think definitely like the the defense will be where the toughest decisions will be made by uh, by uh, Bergevin. Yeah, and the one thing as well, when we talk about the decision that's going to have to be made here between Joel Edmondson and, and Ben Chirot, and that's going to be uh, certainly one to watch, and it's probably going to factor in, in how they play this year will factor in to that decision ultimately. The one thing that's going to be interesting uh, with respect to the back end for the Montreal Canadiens is right now uh, you have Kale Fleury and Noah Juleson who would be unprotected as well in that, and that would be, I mean, you look at, at Kale Fleury and what he brought last year at a, you know at an early point in his career he looked very promising at the beginning of last year was sent down to Laval of course but that's a prospect that you're going to want to have going forward and Noah Juleson so I mean it could work the other way the Montreal Canadiens sending something as Rick alluded to with with perhaps uh, wanting to throw Seattle off the scent of those two young players in, a, yeah. in, in the direction of, of an older guy but but yeah that's that's one other element of it as well. Uh, yeah, and, and at the same time, though, like when you look on the on the right defense, so there's there's Weber and Petrie who are pretty much locks for number one and number two. 
but then you still have like a lot of uh, younger options for that third pairing yeah. like in the pipeline like Fleury uh, Jolson like you mentioned Josh Brook uh, Gouli I think is, is also like a right yeah. defenseman so even if you lose like, like I like all those players by the way like so like yeah. even if you lose one of them like there's still another one that could potentially like take up that uh, that spot in the short term in the shorter term yeah, and I mean, the, the, the thing that I think is going to be most interesting for the Canadians is going to be up front and what direction they go with that. Because, I mean, we obviously know, and, and in your article you say, I mean, you're working with the assumption that Philip Deneau is going to be re-signed to a contract before this expansion draft takes place. So assuming that does happen, you have him under the protected players and you leave unprotected uh, guys like Tatar and Armia who you don't believe are going to be uh, re-signed by the Canadians. So that ultimately leaves a guy like Paul Byron as being unprotected as well. So um, just sort of run down your thought process when you went and protected the guys that you ultimately did in this article. Uh, great. So, so for, I could I could list uh, my my protection list. So I started. So my protection list up front is Drouin, Anderson, uh, Toffoli, Gallagher, Dano, Lekolin, and uh, Kotkaniemi. So the reason. Uh, so Thomas Tatar, like he's, I don't expect him to be resigned with uh, with the Canadians. Like he's done in the regular season, he's done good work on that line with uh, Dano and Gallagher in the regular season. But then we saw in the postseason, like in the bubble, he he was disappointing. And it's not the first time he's done that. Like even in Vegas, when he was over there, like he had a couple of games and then he sat out. So it seems to be some kind of. Uh, it seems to be like a pattern uh, to be uh, for him. So don't think that uh, the Canadians will be interested in re-signing him as well. Uh, Paul Byron, yeah, he 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 played well in the postseason. The regular season, he he wasn't um, he wasn't consistent. He wasn't uh, like the yeah. Paul Byron that we've seen in the past, and he still has a. Um, how many years does he have on his contract? He still has uh, another three seasons at 3.4 million remaining on his contract. Canadians right now they're in uh, they're in cap trouble. Um, Bergevin has always he he mentioned that he'd like to have at least two million in uh, in a buffer in case of trades. Byron makes 3.4. You know, could be a candidate to uh, to help out that situation. Yeah. Um, Joel Armia, he's done his job in Montreal. With the acquisitions, though, of uh, Toffoli and Anderson, he gets uh, pushed down the depth chart on the right wing. Final year of his contract, uh, I'll use like the same um, uh, principle that I use for Paul Byron. His contract is about uh, three million, if I remember correctly. He's at uh, about 2.6 million. So he could be as well a good way to create that buffer that Mark Bergevin wants under the, the salary cap. And Joel Army on the fourth line, uh, I, I think you, you'd be, I think he'd be wasting his, uh, what he brings to a team by playing him on the fourth, uh, on the fourth line as well. Uh, 
so essentially, like, and then and then you have like all the other players, like the players that we know that they won't get protected, like Wheel and uh, Charles oh, etc. Yeah. But essentially, that's what my thought process was that these like those players, they're probably here for the last season in Montreal, so they might as well leave them unprotected. Chris, this is great. Uh, thank you for joining us live from the streets of Laval. Um, and uh, for all of Chris's notepad article, uh, notebook articles, they come out on uh, Mondays on allhabs.net, allhabs.net. Visit allhabs.net to read uh, Chris's synopsis of what had, has happened in the previous week. Uh, good to have you with us again, Chris. Uh, really appreciate you uh, stopping in. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Chris. It was great hearing from you. And yeah, uh, Chris, as, as we talked about, this was a very informative article, very thorough article from Chris G. And you're going to want to check it out because it does run down all of the options for the Montreal Canadiens. It provides you all the sorts of rules that exist with the expansion draft. And there are quite a few. So if you haven't read that article yet and you've just listened to this, you want to might want to go check that out uh, over at allhabs.net. Uh, so Rick... With that, we will take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Stay with us. We'll be back after this. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net.
And welcome back to episode 108 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. Uh, once again, I want to thank Chris G for joining us last segment, uh, live uh, from the streets in Laval, bringing you all the scoops that you need to know on uh, the Montreal Canadiens and Laval Rocket, uh, as he always does with, uh, as, as I said, and very informative, very thorough uh, work that Chris G always does, and you're going to want to check it out. So uh, definitely go over to allhabs.net to check out his most recent article and await his uh, upcoming article uh, for this week as well. Uh, so, Rick, with the expansion draft on the mind, I, I'm, I'm aware that we have... Uh, some 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 tweets that are going to bring us back to an old segment that we used to do uh, not so long ago. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on the Canadian's Connection. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done a bad tweet. Uh, not that it there has. haven't been any, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, <laughs> There's it was never just, a shortage. No, but the, it was time. It was time. And we were talking about uh, Chris's uh, uh, notepad article about the uh, protection list, the Canadian's protection list for the Seattle expansion draft. And, and he put it out there. And one of the responses to his, uh, his list... Um, <laughs> okay, this is from, uh, it goes by Rambo, Rambo Lieb, uh, on Twitter. He said, uh, why would we protect Edmondson over Flurry? Well, okay, I, I hope we don't have to explain that. Uh, but then it gets worse from there. <laughs> is Weber oh, actually God. going to be taken if he's unprotected? Why would we protect Shea Weber? Now... Please, people, <laughs> let's not get silly here. Uh, Shea Weber, one of the toughest defensemen to play against uh, in the NHL, would be absolutely scooped up by any team. Uh, and and again, this goes back to uh, you know the 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 Subinistas, the the um, yeah. the hatred towards uh, uh, Weber. If uh, you're a Subban fan, or for some of them, not all, not all. Uh, interesting though, just a sidebar here. Uh, did you read Mike Weber's or, or um, Mike Weaver's uh, comment on um, on Shea Weber and on PK Subban? I did uh, not. This week, um, Mike Weaver, who has been on the press zone in a few weeks, uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. But he was uh, speaking to the folks at TVI and uh, didn't have have. Very kind things to say about PK Subban. Not not anything we haven't heard before, but made the the case pretty strongly that it was the PK Subban brand over uh, the CH uh, all day, every day, and that that certainly rubbed uh, teammates uh, the wrong ways. Um, uh, just one other player weighing in yeah. on that, but um, yes, for our. Uh, returned uh, bad tweet segment <laughs> this week. We're giving it to uh, the the person on Twitter who would not protect Shea Weber in the upcoming expansion draft. Yeah, and I mean, I was talking about the impact when we were talking about Jan Mishak speaking with Tomasz Plakanich, talking about the impact of Shea of uh, of that Tomasz Plakanich still has in that locker room with some of the guys are Troy Lekkinen and Brendan Gallagher. Uh, Shea Weber. And you heard Brendan Gallagher talk about this when he signed his when he resigned and, and signed an extension with the team. Talked about the impact of Shea Weber on that locker room. Yeah, you're going to protect Shea Weber in expansion draft. I don't think that needs to be explained. 
you're just going to do it because he's one of the best defensemen in the NHL and a fantastic leader and somebody that, I mean, you you just want to have in your locker room. If you can have a guy like Shea Weber in your locker room, you're not going to say no. Uh, so, yeah, you would absolutely protect him. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't really know what pe- people just say things to say it. I think sometimes I think that's the I think that's well That's actually the entire reason Twitter became a thing. I think is just so people could say stuff for no reason uh, <laughs> uh, But Rick uh, on the most recent episode of the press zone you talked about Mike Weaver who you had on the show not too long ago uh, You had Ken Reed of Sportsnet Central on uh, on the uh, on the show this week to discuss his upcoming book, One to Remember, and uh, you talked about uh, one uh, one of the things that you teed up last week was a game that you were going back to watch from 2015, and I was trying to think who it might have been that you were talking about. Who was who would have scored his only NHL goal to this point? Is obviously maybe maybe the door is open for a return someday, as you talked about on the press zone. Uh, I was trying to think who it could be, and uh, and Ken Reed and yourself and Amy Johnson had a had a grand old chat on the on the latest episode of the Press Zone that you're not going to want to miss. And lo and behold, it was Christian Thomas. Christian Thomas, Ottawa Generals. Christian Thomas played um, 18 games with the Montreal Canadiens and scored precisely one goal. And that that is the uh, this book is is a great read. Um, we we like to um, we we like to talk about uh, good people and cheer for good people, regardless of of where they're playing, um, and uh, we like a good story. And Ken Reed has told um, thirty nine great stories uh, in this book, and um, so you want to go back to the press zone from uh, last week and uh, and listen to our interview with Ken Reed. Uh, the foreword in the book is by Colby Armstrong, and um, and there's there's lots of, of fascinating stories in there, and we're also uh, going to give you this coming week uh, a chance to uh, we got a couple of extra copies um, from the folks at ECW Press, and um, we're going to give them uh, away. So you want to be listening to uh, the Press Zone this upcoming week as well. Uh, on the press zone this week with Amy Johnson, we're going to be continuing the conversation that uh, uh, Joe and I started on the uh, prospect update, and and we'll have more more quotes from um, Rob Ramage. Uh, Joe Bouchard had a uh, press uh, 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 meeting this week, and and we'll have some quotes from uh, the coach of the Laval Rocket. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, that whole situation. We know that the OHL, both the AHL and the OHL have moved their start dates back to February now. Uh, but the OHL uh, that everybody's talking about, the ruling from uh, the the sports minister, uh, Lisa McLeod, saying no body contact yeah. allowed. In, oh my goodness. Uh, so we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Lots of reasons to... Uh, Listen to the press zone coming up uh, this week uh, on Rocket Sports Radio. Come for the book giveaway. Stay for the Rob Ramage <laughs> quotes because you're going to want to hear more Rob Ramage if you can. So, uh, <laughs> so certainly don't want to miss the next episode of the press zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, so, Rick, uh, we we certainly had a lot to talk about today. Of course, it being Halloween and all, Thomas Placanch's birthday too, and it's no November tomorrow. Uh, November tomorrow. November 1st tomorrow. And for us at Rocket Sports, since 2014, we have supported uh, the Movember 
uh, initiative, the the charity called Movember. And uh, once again, we're, the Rocket Sports team is going to be participating. Um, and uh, we'll be, uh, all of our, our team is going to be doing something different, I think. Uh, whether it's uh, growing the mustache, whether it's uh, the move challenge, whether it's designing your own sort of challenge, whether it's doing some fundraising for a very needed uh, charity. Yeah. We're going to be doing a, a bunch of different things uh, in November. And um, we'd like you to, if you can donate, boy, that that would be really nice. We know times are tough, but uh, that'd be nice uh, for those, uh, for our our Rocket Sports team that's raising money. Uh, But if you just want to join with us to spread uh, awareness of of this uh, charity and and, uh, men's mental and physical health, uh, go to uh, Movember.com and, and search for the All Habs team, and you can join our team and, uh, and participate with us. And, and we have a lot of fun and, and, uh, and uh, get together for a really good cause. Absolutely. And as you said, it is a worthy cause, and we have taken part, and, and, and the All Habs team has taken part um, in the past, and we want to continue to do that because, as you said, yeah, it is a, a much-needed uh, this is a cause that needs the attention, and uh, as you said, it is a difficult time, but we want to make sure that uh, we're still taking part in any way that we can. Uh, so, Rick, with that said, we will say goodbye for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll be back with you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.